0: The Cleveland Browns, once again, seem to be on the verge of making a groundbreaking hire at the assistant general manager position. We talk about Perrion Winfrey and maybe what led up to his tremendous senior bowl week down in Mobile, Alabama. And as far as bringing in a veteran wide receiver for your Cleveland Browns, it doesn't seem like now is the time. That would maybe be something in August and only if the young guys don't perform to expectations. All this and more on your latest Locked On Browns.
1: You are Locked On Browns. Your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. Your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB, the Lockdown Browns podcast, brought to you by the podcast, uh, Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team, every day. How's everybody doing? Hope you had a fantastic weekend. Um, You know, all the mothers out there, happy Mother's Day. Everybody else, hope you took care of. Hooked up, your spouse, your mom, you know, all, all of that. You know, not really the most pleasant weather this weekend going all around, but, you know, Hey, Mother's Day, is Mother's Day. It's an important one. Everybody makes lockdown Browns your first listen. Uh, greatly appreciate appreciate all of you um, wherever you know you get your podcasts. Make sure you're following, subscribe to Lockdown Browns podcast. Uh, make, uh, subscribe, ratings, all that good stuff. And again, make Lockdown Browns your first listen day in day out. I am, of course, your host Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith in for the ride. Um, some Browns news leaking over the weekend. Um, it looks like Andrew Berry is set and the Browns are going to announce the new assistant general manager for the Cleveland Browns. She, and yes, she, Kathy and is going to come over from the Philadelphia Eagles, obviously, in Andrew Berry's brief time there, uh, you know, made some, you know, you know, confidants as far as in the business. Kathy and is going to come on over here, be the new assistant GM for the Cleveland Browns. Don't necessarily know where this is going to leave everything with Glenn Cook, who is almost the Chicago Bears general manager. I'm not sure if that's going to lead from maybe him departing the Browns organization. Um, it would, would be, seem a little strange on Cook's part from being so close to moving on to basically the big chair of being general manager to now maybe, you know, stepping away from the Cleveland Browns to into the unknown, but you know, football's a fickle business, but Pete, you know, we've been, um, you know, proponents of this and look, it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter your gender. It doesn't matter your race doesn't matter if you're a damn Martian. If you're qualified for the job and you are good for the job, you, know, you deserve the opportunity. Obviously, the Browns have been a forward-thinking organization Kaylee Bronson brought in, obviously, a couple of years ago. and The Browns have loved what she has done to this point. Catherine Race looks like she is set to come on over be Andrew Barry's assistant general manager, Pete, as she travels over from the Philadelphia Eagles.
1: Yeah, she's brilliant. She's 33, uh, French-Canadian speaks two languages, uh, tax attorney, you know, has a a degree in, uh, masters in tax. I've never heard it pronounced that way, but all right. Uh, and then, uh, is an attorney or she was prominent in the CFL for a little while, took a year with the vaunted Tampa Bay Vipers organization, and then, uh, started, started with the Eagles. Um, I, I look I, I think the Browns are very good at finding people that can benefit them. It it seems appropriate that she'd be taking the spot that Adolfo, or Quasi Adolfo Mensa was operating in because he was sort of the outsider type. He was a former commodities trader who, who moved to the NFL. Um you know, I I, I I can't help but think this is a little bit um I I think this move would be far more impressive and lauded upon if it happened basically two months ago. Um, I think there would be, you know, any number of people I know who would be really excited (coughs) about the move who now aren't even interested in this team at all, uh, which is unfortunate. Uh, And I don't think the Browns are hiring her because she's a woman. The job's too important and she's really good at, she's really qualified, but it's just not quite, the same given the circumstances and saying, you know, we're trying to empower women and and all this while trading for somebody who's at least under the suspicion and now dealing with uh, 22 lawsuits. And then as you're trying to trade for them, you're, 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 you're sending out all these uh, tweets and stories and stuff talking about how you're, you're empowering women. So it's, it's a mixed, mixed message in that sense, but uh, look, it's a great opportunity for her. She's got the possibility of being the first, a uh, female GM in the NFL, um, and in in assuming Glenn Cook's days, then they went from having a historic uh, front office made up of three black men to now having a historic front office of two black men and a woman. So there's any number of things where the Browns can point to and be proud of, and, and they should be, but again, it's sort of like this thing where it's bittersweet for all the reasons that I already mentioned.
0: Uh, It does make for, uh, you know, a difficult, you know, conundrum, obviously for, you know, because we've seen a lot of things where the Browns have been forward thinking, the Browns have been open-minded, the Browns have been willing to essentially go against the grain compared to some other organizations that are basically still stuck in, you know, the days of yore, so to speak. But this is, um, you know, I, I, number one, I like it because you're going young. Um, So you're getting people, you know, basically, you know, on the way up as opposed to, and, you know, just an example, a John Dorsey move of, you know, basically just retreads and, you know, people who are part of the good old boy network. Obviously there's no way Catherine race is part of that. Um, So you come in and I think the thing that probably I like most Pete is um, when you have this front office that is assembled basically on a lot of guys who are, you know, a lot of people, I should say, who are, you know, just, very, very good intellectual people. Before we get to the football side of it, when you keep bringing in more people like that, it stimulates and it keeps everybody else fresh. It keeps everybody else on their toes. It keeps everybody else, you know, basically, you know, with you know that you know with you know basically you know all gas no break mentality of just continuing to go forward. And as far as your work approach and you know, just the continuous to you know keep every thought open keep every idea open yeah
1: look i mean uh you can learn a lot of what the ins and outs of football and she's obviously been doing that um it's difficult to teach like the character of person and then you know the intelligence and all that stuff the work ethic um so there, there's that advantage and then obviously look uh there's certainly a valued outside the box thinking, but also look, you know, Andrew Berry is obviously a guy who's come up through football. He played, uh, he was a, you know, he he grew up sort of in the, in the Colts organization before being hired by the Browns, but he's also like an economics major, which just gives you sort of a a basis on sort of how to a, a different way at looking at things. So you know whether it's how he he hires people or just his overall approach to the, the 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 way of acquiring talent that that sort of leads you to think of things differently and maybe uh, that is all part of why uh, they've gotten to this point. But Quasi uh, gets the Minnesota Vikings job that doesn't hurt. If that's what Catherine Raich wants to do or Glenn Cook wants to do or anyone else wants to do, if they're sitting there going, looking at the Browns and saying, you know, one, I have a chance to help them win the, the Super Bowl. And obviously that would be great for my career. But on the the other part of that is it's a great organization to get hired from, as is Philadelphia, which is why she's coming from there. Um, those are two organizations that have a lot of uh teams come in and hire people away from them which you know if you take the jack duffin approach you're just sitting there as you can find tweets of him doing scheduling out draft pick compensation to get from all these people but it's just you know obviously look um some some organizations just don't have people ever get poached from them and and you know there's some value to that stability and certainly you don't want this to happen on a yearly basis but um it, it it's certainly valuable to be an attractive destination and somewhere that that people want to work.
0: There's no question about it. And you know, obviously, when you're you know, you've shown the propensity to value um, younger and be willing to gamble on people that maybe don't have the experiences others um, makes you a you know enviable position. And you know. I think the Browns are more than okay with understanding that they're going to bring some people in here, give them an opportunity and understand there's going to be the opportunity to lose them, uh, to leave, to go to you know better, um, better positions within front offices when the NFL um, look, it's, you know, it's the way things necessarily should work, but doesn't necessarily ideally always work again. Uh, congratulations, Catherine Rache. Um, She's going to come over, uh, join the Browns front office. Um, and yeah, uh, obviously the move after the most recent move of a new quarterback, but this is the way the Cleveland Browns currently are as far as, you know, front office and be willing to, you know, go against the grain. So obviously a good thing to see here. Um, you know, as always, as a father of two daughters, I love to see things like this happen. I'd love to see, you know, Equality, Um, it's just the way the world should be, and it would be a much better place if it was. Pete Smith put out a tweet over the weekend in regards to Mr. Perry on Winfrey. We're going to get to that here with Pete in just a second. Stick around, everybody, for your latest Locked on Browns. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting, stats, and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's Basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball, and, of course, they had you covered for the Kentucky Derby. Bet online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, eSports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Pete, um, Mr. Perrion Winfrey, um, now you put out a tweet over the weekend saying that you would love to know, you know, what went on with Perrion Winfrey between the end of his season with the Oklahoma Sooners and what turned out to be an extremely successful week down in Mobile, Alabama, at the Senior Bowl? Some thoughts here, my friend.
1: Well, so Perrion Winfrey started his college career at Iowa Western Community College, and I assume he could basically do whatever he wanted and was successful. He had a ton of production down there, and then he becomes the number one JUCO recruit. He ends up in Oklahoma. He doesn't do a whole lot in his junior year, but then he comes on and has a, a better season as a senior, but you watch his tape and it's bad. Like it's not good. It, even, you know, he, he's a terrible run defender um, and he's not a good pass pressure either, but you can see at least some traits and some flashes where you can go, Oh, okay. At least I understand why people are so excited about him. And then you, you turn on the drill work and then the tape from the senior bowl and he's a completely different player. His hands are better. he stay, his shoulders stay square to the line of scrimmage. He fights pressure with pressure. He does all these things that look like a guy who wants to play defensive tackle. Now, so my question would be one, what 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 happened in those two months? You know, and and the answer could range from any number of things. Um, could it be a situation where he sort of like either him or somebody close to him sort of looked at it, his tape and went, you got to, you got to, you've got a lot of work to do. And by skipping the bowl game, um, they had he he got to work basically from the end of November to the Senior Bowl, so basically two months. Um, and maybe he just did nothing but work on trying to be a better technique player and all these things. And if he did, that's awesome because he looked like a guy that you know could be a second round pick on the Senior Bowl. Uh, he made more run stops in practices and the game at the senior bowl than he did in two years at Oklahoma. And and it's not because of effort. And although, you know, certain things could be, it's just entirely about his technique and the way he plays the position. He looks far better. Uh, and, and it all comes to, so much of it comes down to him using his hands better at Oklahoma. He does things like he's constantly trying to jump through the line of scrimmage and, and dipping his shoulder and stuff. And he's late with his hands. If you watch Nebraska in particular, just, a uh, center blocking back on him just completely wipes him out uh, over and over and over again. So, you know, is that a situation where he wasn't really engaged and was just trying to do get through it or whatever, and then decided, oh, I have to take this week seriously and look like the player I am? Like, these are the things I, I'd be curious to know. I, you know, I'd like to give him the benefit of the doubt and say, you know, you just busted his ass and it worked hard and got better. and And because if that's the case, then that probably factors into why teams are you know why the Browns would be excited about having him, because then he does look like somebody who could become a full service defensive tackle. Uh, but you know it's a week. It's tough. It's tough to really bank on that. So th- those are things I'd be curious to know if the Browns and other teams wanted to know the same thing. If that was a, if that was a heavy emphasis on the conversations there. Uh, but yeah, there's just a lot that that, that changed for the better for him that made him look like a far better defensive tackle in terms of just how to play the position and do things correctly it had nothing to do with just you know effort because he 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 has a ton of activity on his tape at Oklahoma but a lot of it's just wasted and not not productive
0: well saying this Pete a couple things stand to mind you know obviously we see this a lot of times with guys who come from juco then obviously make the you know the tremendous you know level jump in talent and, you know, you're down in Juco, you're dominating just by being there. Um, then you get into a situation where, oh, wait a minute, you know, all of these guys are really, really good. Um, you know, and as you mentioned, sometimes maybe, you know, not using the best technique or being late with said usage of technique, but did have two months off before the senior bowl. And maybe it was, you know, maybe a, a thing of, you know, sitting down with your representation and look, you know, these people have, you know, are, are breaking down your film. They know what your negatives are. Um, they can assess it. And basically, you know, you know, tutoring him, schooling him on, this is what they are going to be expecting from you when you get down to Mobile. Um, and again, you know, at times, you were just not going to beat people down in Mobile, Alabama, because you are Perry on Winfrey. Um, you know, when you talk to any young defensive tackle, what do they always say? Oh, I love to watch tape of Aaron Donald. That's great. It's probably a bad, bad thing to do because you are not Aaron Donald. Um, So you get in a situation where maybe he was schooled, obviously, by his representation and, you know, coached into they are going to be looking for this. They are going to be looking for hand usage. They are going to be looking for motor. They are going to be lurking for first step. And having that two month process to prepare for it, maybe, you know, turned on a light for on that necessarily was never really turned on.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. Is like there, there, there are potentially negative answers to that question. There are potentially really positive ones. But if you look at this and, and say, you know, he he just buckled down and really put in the effort, and then got to see sort of the results of him basically dominating that week and looking like the guy that could be, you know, one of the better <clears throat> tack- defensive tacklers from this draft. And then you're 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 starting from there in rookie camp and moving on. Then you're pretty excited about what he can do. Um. so but if you're just going off of what he did Oklahoma I think fourth round is probably about right uh, so you know there's upside there uh, I don't know how much and, and particularly in the Browns defensive scheme where they want two gapping defensive tackles on, on rundowns he not that he's never going to be that uh, he can't do that uh, at least not right now and I don't suspect he ever will but he could be a very very good player in as a pass rusher and some sub package roles uh, if that's where where uh
0: he can start from and where he can go from here um this just coming in from Adam Schefter's account Pete real quick um and normally the NFL has done the week 1 Monday night football doubleheader for ages and I'm wondering if this is something that's going to be we'll see um but week 2 Pete Um, a Monday night football doubleheader. The Tennessee Titans will travel to the Buffalo Bills. And then at 8.30, the Minnesota Vikings will travel to Philadelphia to face the Eagles. Is the NFL really going to try to do this, Pete? Is the NFL really going to try and do this? Well, look, my response to this, one,
1: calling Minnesota versus Philadelphia a huge matchup is a lie. Let's – come on. That's not a huge matchup. Come on, Anything Kirk Cousins well, just...
0: and Jalen Hurts, Pete doesn't. I mean, like, you know, you're not clearing I mean, the docket. I, I I'm kind of interested to see what Philadelphia does
1: given all they've done, at edging AJ Brown. They're like an exciting team. The Viking Kirk Cousins is the milk toast of milk toast quarterbacks in terms. You know, he's not bad. <laughs> he's obviously a pretty good player, but nobody's getting excited about that. But look, if if doubleheaders on Monday were to replace Thursday night football, I'd be all for it. Unfortunately, Ooh. I don't think that's what's going to happen. Of
0: course not. That's giving money away. We're all about making more money. We're not about, you
1: know, going sideways with a financial movie. So, it's more obviously more likely that they're going to just take another Sunday game and put it on Monday. Now, the thing you note here is that it's a 7:15 start followed by an 8:30 start. Um you could certainly make a case for that. I mean, that if Tennessee can hang with Buffalo, then that's potentially three quarters. You don't have to watch the other game, but um, if they do want to do that staggered start and they want to keep it that way, um, that obviously can potentially take away. Obviously, if you're watching one, you can't be really watching the other, even if you're flipping back and forth. Um, So that could potentially hurt them. Um, So I'm I'm curious to see where it goes. Obviously my, my dream is to get rid of Thursday night football or at least structure Thursday night football around by weeks. But there has been no effort made to do that at this point, so I'm curious to see that you know. But these schedule leaks, uh, I know at least one person who's very, very excited about this, but eh, who cares? Like, fine. But neither of these games is a marquee matchup. Buffalo should, is, is one of the overwhelming favorites to win in the, the, the conference, and Tennessee doesn't look as good as they did, uh, basically 20 minutes ago when they had one of the better receivers in the league, and uh, you know, the other games. Uh, a an undercard fight.
0: <laughs> um, the other thing, though, is, you know, obviously 7.15, 8.30. Um, you can't schedule, you know, anything later than 8.30. Look, Monday, and I I know this because I once had to do this, Monday is the earliest bedtime there is for people. Um, So I guess you're going to say maybe try to spice it up. If you were tr- really, truly trying to keep the audience there as long as possible, the times of these games would be reversed. Obviously, more people would be interested to watch the Buffalo Bills, who obviously were a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Um, and also, the other, I mean, it actually does look interesting from the point of you'll see Tennessee without A.J. Brown. You'll see the Eagles with A.J. Brown an hour later. Um, but look, its we talk about it all the time. The NFL is never going to turn down anything they think is going to make them more money. And at the end of the day, this is what it's all about. We'll see if it's the case. We'll see. Um Uh, And the other thing is, with these games that were scheduled, you know, know, the Eagles-Vikings game, nobody would have been looking for the Eagles-Vikings game otherwise. It will be one of those you're going to watch it because it's on, basically. Uh, We're going to get back here. Um, Obviously, a lot of talk uh, about the veteran – Possible signing of a veteran wide receiver for the Cleveland Browns. We're going to break that down a little bit. Um, you know, uh, we've got Pete's thoughts on it here. Uh, you know, I've given some thoughts here on it. We'll get to all that in just a minute. Stick around on your latest Locked On Browns. Built Bars, baby. Built Bars and Summer. They go hand in hand. Summer is coming. And with Summer, you're going to need some food on the go. Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on family vacations. Throw them in your bags. Throw them in your kids' backpacks. Guys, if you want to bring it cooler with these, those keep in mind, 100% chocolate. Make sure that everyone has a bar so you are fueled for your summer adventures. The best part about Built bars they are healthy and delicious. No more sacrificing delicious food for health. With Built Bar, you can have both, and it's easy. All you have to do is go to Built.com and order now. All Built Bars and Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means the Built Bar, you... That means with Bill Bar, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. If you haven't tried the puffs yet, I suggest you do. They are a network favorite. They come in crazy flavors like banana cream pie and even churro. Who doesn't want a protein bar that tastes like a churro? And there's only 140 calories. Bill Bar make sure. That there is something for everyone. Uh, favorite flavor for me, obviously, is the mint chocolate. Obviously, it tastes like the Girl Scout cookie. Absolutely delicious. Most of the bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Go to Built.com to get all your favorites. Banana cream pie, raspberry, double chocolate, and so many more. They are all delicious and new flavors coming out all the time. Make sure to check the website. Four new flavors that is built.com. Go to built.com, use promo code locked15 and get 15% off your order. Again, promo code locked15 for 15% off at built.com. Pete, with the talk here, uh, you know, it was the talk of Jarvis Landry, the talk of Will Fuller, um, then the selections of the two wide receivers, one from Purdue, one from Oklahoma over draft weekend. For me, Pete, the thir- first thought is, and I said this the other day, is if you're going to sign a veteran wide receiver, this might be something you would approach in August as opposed to now. Obviously, all these reps are going to be very, very valuable. You truly need to see where Donovan Peoples-Jones is headed in year three. You You'd want to see where Anthony Schwartz is going to be headed in year two after a long, a long amount of missed time in his rookie year the investment into the two receivers that you drafted on draft weekend. You bring a veteran in here. Now, there could be a case where if all four of these guys, these young guys play well, you may end up in a new situation over the summer where you're not going to keep the veteran because you want to give that playing time to the young guys. For me, I think it's more of a thing where this could be something that could be approached in August if you're not necessarily satisfied with where the four young guys are in their progression leading up to the regular season.
1: Well, look, you weren't going to sign a veteran before rookie minicamp. Um, The Browns not only drafted two guys, they signed three uh, rookie free agents, um, two of which also play the slot. Um, So you were going to look into that and potentially get at least rookie minicamp, potentially the the veteran minicamp in, which puts you into the middle of June to see where these guys are at. Um, if you know, you have an injury or you're just going, woof, this guy can't play. Then maybe you have to pick up the phone and, and go back to it. But this was always the the thing with the draft, especially at a position like wide receiver. If you didn't get signed before then um, teams, 17 receivers went the first te- three rounds of this, this draft, all those teams want to see what they got um, before they, they make a move. Uh, so That's one problem. Um, The other problems are are obvious. Look, if Jarvis Landry was willing to take the offer the Browns gave to him, he'd be here. Um, One, they wouldn't have gotten to a restructuring, or they would have restructured instead of cutting him. And then two, he had an offer um, and he wasn't interested, which could could partly be due to the money. I suspect it's around $5 million, maybe less. Um, And then roll. And they may not view his role the same way he views his role. Mm-hmm. But um, now, you know, there's talk about him potentially going to Baltimore, which maybe um, he, he doesn't fit the the problem they have, but um, nevertheless, he's, he's a wide receiver that could fit pretty well with Lamar Jackson um, and, and be productive there, or he could end up with a team like the New Orleans Saints. Uh, but, you know, I, I still don't expect he's going to get a, a very big deal. It's probably going to be similar to the one Sammy Watkins took with the Packers, maybe a little bit more than that. But this was the whole problem. He was never he wasn't worth sixteen point six million dollars. And he's probably not going to get even two third, you know, not even half of that may get a third of that. Um, and so you at some point you get the ego involved in, um, you know, that's not an easy You know, not for Jarvis, for any person alive to have to sort of look at this and go, um, you know, potentially taking a a, a pay cut of two thirds um, is going to be challenging. Um, You know, Will Fuller is the other option here, and whether it's warranted or not, the Browns are talking up Anthony Schwartz like crazy um you know you have have to obviously he has to prove it but y- you know, you you have to remind people again that Anthony Schwartz is 22 he's younger than most of the guys that were drafted th- last week
0: and he was a guy um, that never dedicated his entire you know youth to football an accomplished track guy ran track in college so this is a guy who's you know only basically going in a year i think it's year 3 now of just being a full full full-time football player, but go ahead.
1: Yeah. So, and they want to see what he can do in the same way. I suspect he will be at rookie camp. I suspect he's in the building right now. I suspect he's going to be uh, attached to the hip of Deshaun Watson as often as possible um, to try to, to build that because if they can do it, then he, he becomes what Will Fuller was. Um, so we'll see. Look, they've got a younger version of everything that they that people want them to have. Uh, they have to they, they have to go out and be able to do it and do it effectively early. That's a lot to ask, but at least right now there's no pressure on the Browns to make a move. And this is the problem that you know everybody's talked about well, they should go get Odell Beckham, they should go get Jarvis Landry, they should go get Will Fuller. None of those guys play defensive line, and the Browns have one starting defensive lineman on this team. And that's still the reality of the situation. They have to address the D-line first. Um, and, and that has been a a, a a sticky wicket in this whole thing. The Browns w- obviously planned out how much money they could offer these people and sort of if they made an offer, they made an offer, and they're not inclined to move off of it, and they've had no reason to, to you know, offer more money, zero. In fact, they've got incentive to offer less money right now. So that's the other part of this thing is they want to see what these guys can do, but they also have to address the actual holes on their team. And certainly um, they may want better receiver play and they ultimately may want to uh, get more veteran help at some point. But, you know, last but not least, there is the suspension thing. And, you know, if, if Deshaun Watson finds out he's going to be out six to 10 games, there's no reason to sign a veteran receiver Mm -hmm. because then you're signing him for Jacoby Brissett. Um, (laughs) If he's, if they find out he's not suspended at all and, and that this is sort of going to play out in the next year, maybe there's a little bit more reason for the Browns to go out and get another veteran because they at least feel like they're getting that receiver potentially 17 games with, uh, Deshaun Watson. That's you know that it, it's hard to ignore that that fact that like you go out and get a receiver and 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 it's for, for set for so much and it just feels like you're throwing away money. Whereas defensive line or another position is going to be able to help you
0: consistently. There's yeah, no question about it. And look, and the other thing is is you know this organization they are not going to just. You turn away on, you know, what they have done. Nick Harris looks to be your starting center here in year three. I mean, they seem to have a plan for these players they are drafting. And the last thing you're going to do is, you know, after doing this work on the wide receiver room is just say, oh, well, so-and-so will just bring him in and whatever and, you know, whatever. Just block the kids. They're not going to do that. It's not the way they roll. Uh, Some jersey numbers leaking. Martin Emerson, number 23. Uh, Jerome Ford is going to rock the number 30. Four. um, I th- and Pete going back to the wide receiver thing, um, on building you know the Browns uh before they traded out of selection forty four, um, it seemed to have come to light that the pick there would have been John Mechie out of Alabama, and here's even that thing Pete where as far as maybe committing to a younger wide receiver, they were ready to commit to a younger wide receiver at forty four, who was coming off of an ACL injury. So you know to me maybe it was we may have interest in a veteran wide receiver if he wants to come in for league minimum or, uh, you know, a a discount on our side Um, because they were ready to go. And I mean, even to the point where they were ready to draft a wide receiver at 44, he was coming off of an ACL injury.
1: Yeah. uh, That's troubling um, that they would have taken Mechie over other options there, Uh, Mm -hmm. but they didn't. Uh, So, Um, so we'll see, you know, maybe that's an indication that they're at least willing to consider guys with injuries because coming out of this draft, that they were just not going to go that route. Um, I I go after a guy like James Mitchell out of Virginia tech who ended up in, in Detroit in the fifth round, uh, at tight end. Um, John Mechie is, is certainly a fine receiver. I think he'd be a nice player in the slot. Um, I, it's interesting because he's completely, you know, different from what David Bell is. Um, so, you know, is that 100% true? Probably, maybe, uh, it, it sort of flies in the face of this idea that, you know, that you, if you watch building the bronze and stuff like this, and you've seen all this media put out there that like Kevin Stefanski saying David Bell was the guy we had to get, <laughs> well, maybe he said, but he said, but he said. Uh, yeah, so I, you know, it, it's interesting, but the <laughs> Browns have David Bell is obviously this sort of power slot, and then they've got two guys who play the type of slot receiver I thought the Browns would go for uh, with Mike Harley Jr. and then Travell Harris. Um, I, I'm kind of intrigued to see what those guys can do. Uh, I don't have high expectations, but nevertheless, it, it sort of gives them a, a contrast to look at. And if David Bell has some issues adjusting early, uh, maybe one of those guys can impress enough to, to get a look. if if or the Browns can go back and and look for a free agent, but um, they've get the look. The Browns are all about options. They've given themselves a ton, and unless Jarvis Landry is going to sign somewhere like now, there's nothing that sort of prevents them from sort of waiting this thing out and and
0: and seeing what happens. Um, if I'm Jarvis Landry, um, you know, and it doesn't look like it's going to happen in Cleveland, don't go to Baltimore, Jarvis. Just don't go to Baltimore. They and, don't know what they're do- They don't know what they're doing there. With the wide receiver position in the quarterback. Go, for it. Just, uh, go, go ahead and sign there. I,
1: am I afraid of Jarvis Landry against the Browns secondary? I'm not. So it, it would be fun and a fun experiment
0: for me. And I would love, love to have the, you know, be in the meeting room where, you know, they're breaking down how Jarvis is going to block for all the running plays that they want to do. That should probably go over really, really well with number 80 Jarvis Landry. We've got to a ton here today. Obviously, the Browns, um, again, being in the forefront here. Um Catherine Raich, going to be named assistant general manager for the Cleveland Browns. We got into some Perry on Winfrey, the wide receiver room here, and how it's most likely the correct approach is to give these young guys time and see where they are. Um, Because, you know, financially, you have bigger needs that still need to be satisfied for this season with the Browns, i.e., the def- defensive line. He is Pete Smith, Browns Digest, Sports Illustrated.com. Make sure you check everything out over there. Uh, Pete, obviously, busting his butt on the daily here, getting you guys the best content he possibly can. So make sure you're reading along. Uh, make sure you're following at underscore Pete Smith, underscore myself, at Jeff, underscore LJ, underscore Lloyd. The show itself at Lockdown Browns. Follow-back account. DMs are always open. Appreciate everyone who makes Lockdown Browns their first listen every day on whatever podcast platform you, uh, you choose or you prefer. Um last week a uh, great great week. Um a lot of response obviously, you know, um we tell you every year we're going to, you know, crush draft coverage and we we do. Um it's, you know, it, it, yes it, it is part of the job, but it's just something we truly truly enjoy. So to get a, a nice week. Um, last week like we had. I appreciate all of you for it so much. It means a ton. Um, again, going to be back tomorrow. i just got through a, a bunch here today for anybody. Um, late to the party, happy belated Mother's Day to all you know, fantastic mothers out there. Um, you all are appreciated more than you know. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.